Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Prince's Media Corner with my co-host, Brian. Brian, say what's up. What's up? Yeah, buddy. And we got a guest tonight. Guest, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, All Wrestling for Life, uh, Shady 09 MN. It's pretty much where I go by. So, we got a great show for you tonight and to get started we got some new movies coming out this year so some of them are called one of them is called megan but don't really consider it it blurs the line of a horror and comedy in a way a little bit you know you get that little bit out of it then we got Scream 6, but I'm not too happy about especially after the last one, because one of my favorite cast from there died, so. Then we got um, Saw, which I've been following since the first one, so I'm curious to see how this one goes. After that is, I believe the other one is... Evil Dead Rise, which I'm really, really excited for. Uh, Bruce Campbell is exclusive producer, along with Sam Raimi and a few other people. So, even though Bruce Campbell is not in this film, he's still got a big part of it. So, I'm curious to see where this goes. And the trailer is out on YouTube right now. And there's one other movie on that list. That I am trying to remember. But I forget. But. With that said. Let's get started on the. Uh, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you. But uh, you forgot Insidious 5. Yes Insidious 5. Thank you Insidious 5. I believe The Exorcist. Yes The Exorcist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Mike. So. The Exorcist, I'm curious to see where, they go, where they're going to go with this. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I've only seen the trailer for uh, the for um, Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> so, and Megan. And Megan. Those are the only two trailers I've watched off After that. A couple list. weeks. Say Great. that again? Megan comes out in a couple weeks. Yeah, like uh, two weeks or something like that, I believe. Yes. I'm pretty excited for that one. Okay. Alright, now, with that, comes the show. We are, talking, we are talking about four of Stephen King's best adaptations, in my, in my opinion at least. So, and what's great about tonight is that these guys watch them. We're about to have a great conversation. So, we're going to start off with both versions of The Shining, and we're going to start with, with Brian. Brian, you, what did you like about the movie compared to the TV version? The really only thing I enjoyed more was the director who directed it, Stanley Kubitsch, way back in the early 80s, and, of course, Jack Nicholson, the man. He does. He did a excellent, excellent 
Putting job. He does very well with nutcase roles. Mm. He did a movie called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Those are really the only the only differences in the movies that I enjoyed. One was a feature film, one was a TV movie. Uh, where it was shot was the actual location with the actual location where it took place. It wasn't done on the Hollywood studio set. Correct. So that and then of course the TV version it had the guy from Wings. Stephen now, Steve Weber. Now is there something about the TV series that you like better? Like did they do something that that caught your eye that the movie didn't do? No, I tried to go back where you recommended it and it didn't catch my eye. It okay. <clears throat> so um the what I'm talking about is the difference between Jack Nicholson's version of Jack Torrance compared to Steven Weber's version. Now, the difference is Jack Nicholson starts off crazy. He starts off bad. And you can see it in the in his eyes, the way he gives that with the little eyebrow raise, with that grin, the smirk. And you see that, you see his face starting to budge a little bit where he's giving that evil grin and he starts going downhill. Whereas Steven Weber, he he, it was more of a battle within himself. He he saw that he had demons and he tried his best. And what was great about this is that it was back and forth for for his version of Jack Torrance because he was fighting the demons, but he was also losing. But he didn't lose too much of the real him. And the love that he had for his family was so powerful that essentially it didn't break him. He ended up doing something great that Stanley Kubrick's version didn't do. Now, with Stanley Kubrick's version, we all seen uh, we all seen that. We all know what happens at the end with Jack Nicholson being frozen. But with the TV version, what's great about that? Is that we got, we got, we got Stephen Weber to finally overcome the evil and save his family and blowing up, blowing up the hotel. So that right there is the biggest thing to to come from with those two. But refresh my memory one more time. In the TV version, there was never. The picture of him back in the past was there, because in the movie. Oh, wait for the TV version. Um, the TV I believe, version. I think I, I think I remember something like that. Unless I'm, I, I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah, I think it's like right at the end. On the on the TV version, um, no, there wasn't that. It was uh, only the one from. Uh, the movie. The Stanley Kubrick's. Okay, yeah, that's right. All right, then I'm getting that. Well, the, the hotel blows up, so there's no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what, I, that's, no what I, that's what I thought. So, Mike, with all that said, how how do you feel about the TV and the movie? 
what do you like about either one? All right. So I watched, uh, I watched, sorry, I'm losing the name of the, the movie again. Um, the, Sh- the Shining. Shining. Um, so I rewatched The Shining. I haven't watched it in years. Um, and then you recommended to watch the, the, you know, the series. So I rewatched the movie as well. They get more in depth with uh, his character, which I like. They tell more of the story of him being an alcoholic, recuperating from that, uh, being a loving father, and driving crazy, you know? Um, And telling his past about his father and all that stuff and how he was. There was a lot of in-depth with the show. So I see why it was a three-part series, because they're telling a story through majority of the first part about um, Jack. Jack. So now the one, the movie one, he was a psychopath already through the whole thing. And he was just becoming more of a psychopath. Um, and the other thing I didn't... They both got their cult classics. Uh, but I will tell you right now, the show, the three-part series is better than the movie. Uh, better storytelling. Um, there's a lot of things different. Like, uh, the maze was not in the book, but it's in the show, the series. It was the animals. Um, that's different. Um, oh, in the movie, uh, was it Ted? Or Tom? Tell me that one. Um, yeah, for the TV... For the TV one, it was Tom, and for the movie, the guy, um, it was, oh my it god, what Tom. was that? It was Tom. It was Tom for the movie one. Yeah, they're both Tom. Um, with the movie one, he was talking with his finger like he was a part of him. Red Rum. What most people don't really, really know is that was him from the future going to the past telling him to escape. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. Yes. So oh, uh, that was the older him. Like, you know, when you, uh, when you see him, like, manifest? Yeah. That's him at the end when he graduates and stuff. And don't oh, forget yeah. oh, I thought you were. I thought you was. I thought you were saying the '80s one and this one. I thought that's what you were saying. No, in, in general. Well, I, uh, yeah, I thought that for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were um, both of these movies together in one. Yeah, they are. It's it's the same thing. It's just the uh, it's just the way they did it with the finger was kind of weird, um, and. On top of it, showed him as a loving father, sacrificing himself at the end for his family, while the other one had to die at the end and freeze to death. So, yeah, it was just kind of, it was it was weird. And then I, first time, uh, I just want, I don't mean to add a movie, but I, after that, because I've owned Doctor Sleep for how long and never watched it. I've had it since release. I finally watched it after watching them once, so... I get it now, so it was pretty good. Now I will say this: it and Prince knows my situation with with horror movies because I consider it a horror movie. I have a lot. I have hard problems watching it 
So it took me about about two or three times to sit down and watch the full. It, it's very hard for me. Is it? It's from a childhood experience. I'm not going to go into that. Mm. And Prince knows what it is. So I had. It was very difficult for me to sit through it to watch it. The the one thing that that I do want to touch up on real quick, just shorten this up and move on, is the comparison of the wives, and uh for the or the movie TV show. Now, one thing I loved about the wife for the TV show is that she felt more like a like a real like an actual real life mother where she is scared, she but she's mother. Yeah, exactly. She had that protective role, whereas Wendy in the movie, it was more like more scared and panicky, trying to do right, trying to do um, the best she can. But she just panicked way too much. So it was. Uh, they they made her more, and and this is not you know, they made her more of a wuss in the movie and more uh, submissive in the movie. While the show, yeah. she was that. Don't mess with my child. Or she I, had her child was in, in, in dire need. That's when the mother kicked in even more. And that's what I, this is why I say that the stand, uh, the, the, the shining TV show is always, is, will always be better than the movie, honestly. Because look at the conversation we're having. Now, Brian. How do you feel about the mothers on both both sides? I I I had problems with it from other movies she's done in the past, and that's the actress that played on the movie because she played in the Popeye movie, and she was a really she was a she was wussed out on that. So it was hard for me to get over that role. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mike. No, I don't mean to interrupt you, but. Well, most people don't know, and I, I, I knew this from uh, watching it a while ago, and I was looking up, you know, how they did it. Did you know what they did to her to make her freak out like that? They locked her in a room and tortured her for that scene. The really? Yeah. They poked her. They, like, poked her with sticks and all that stuff to make her freak out. I mean- I've so heard some crazy actually freaking out. I've heard some crazy stuff about Hollywood doing stuff like that, you know, and that that's that's commitment and craziness. Yeah. But with everything said, now we got those two movies. See how easy that was. That was awesome. I like that. One that more was thing the mallet and the axe. Yes. Talking about yeah. I don't want to I, 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 I love the truck. The axe better than the mallet. I like the mallet. I'll say that. Like I like the mallet, but the axe. Watching, watching Jack Nicholson cut down the cut down the door and say, "Here's, here's Johnny." That was awesome. And then, um, that- what was the guy's name? The the African American guy. Ah, uh, Dick. Dick. Yep. Dies in the movie, but does not die in the show. And in the book, he does not. He actually escapes with it. So there's a lot of differences, but there's so much great great things about movies that this that was awesome. Let me tell you, I will say, I real quick actually, 
Real quick, Mike, mm-hmm. movie rating. What do you give the movie rating itself? All right. So the it's really hard due to the fact that they both have their own way of, you know, they got their own way of sitting. And they're tying in a way two different movies, but the same movie. So yeah. to me, the movie, I give a solid seven. And I give the series a solid 8.5. Okay. Uh, Brian, what about you real quick? What would you rate both of these movies? I gave the movie a eight due to the fa- due, due to two reasons with Jack of course because I believe no 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 he didn't never mind it's because of Jack and because of the director Stanley Kubich who's done some great, great Hollywood movies that's the reason I gave it the score I did the TV show I'd give an eight see for me the movie I will I will give like 6.5 on I didn't I like the movie but th- that right there I'm being generous for the for the TV show I'm gonna give that a straight up eight um Stanley um Stephen King had a bigger hand in that and it was done so right the the direction we got for Jack Torrance was even better because we got to saw that in a fight with him and the mother the mother did a hell of a job. Uh, Danny was awesome. So this movie was definitely higher in a rating-wise than uh, the movie itself. But are we all are we all in agreement with uh, move on to the next one? Sure. Okay. Cool. So the next one is Storm of the Century. Now this movie was made. Early early nineties. I wanna say ninety three, ninety four, I believe. Maybe even earlier than that. But it's in a small, small New England town. Oh it's Stephen King. All his movies are Aaron, gonna take gonna be in a New England town. He is an avid Boston Red Sox fan. Tins Boston Red Sox games like there's no tomorrow. And this man represents for New Englanders. Let me tell you, Stephen King really is one of the best. But Storm of the Century involves a storm coming to a small town in New England. And it involves this mysterious guy known, oh man, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But uh, he called himself Mr. Um, uh, What was it that he called himself? Continue going, and I will do that for you. Give me a second. So, anyways, he he comes in, and he starts giving these weird little nods, like, hey, give me what I want, and I'll go away. Born and sing, come on in. He's basically a mysterious humanoid right. creature, human creature, or whatever, like a vampire. I can't pronounce it, but it's... Uh, uh, and is it Andre Lin? Uh, and and uh, Lenos, Mister Lenos. Lenos. There you go, Thank Mr. You. Lenos. Mr. 
what's his name. One of a great character, a highly underrated character in the Stephen King verse. But this movie involves Mr. Linos. He's kind of like a vampire. Filmed in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, ninety nine it was. Okay. Okay. February fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Thank you for that, Brian. So Mr. Linos is kind of like a vampire-like creature or whatever, and he comes to this small small town in New England wanting to take his selection of kids. Now, I know it sounds weird, because it is, but the movie itself is pretty damn good. It's long, but it's enjoyable for me at least. So... Mike, let me ask you this. What was the things that you liked about this movie and the thing that you didn't like about it? All right. Well, with this movie, all right, I seen it a long time ago. I remember bits and pieces of it. Um, I think the thing I didn't care for it is that I like knowing, um, like, in the beginning, I like knowing, like, why the person's there and all that stuff. And you just pretty much keep saying, you know, give me what I want. And you're not knowing until the end, which was interesting. It was an interesting take. Um, and then uh, I, I did like how he was able to control people and all that stuff. But he was... Someone's freezing. I think that's Mike. Excuse me, guys. I believe we're having technical. I think it was in the forties. Huh? There we go. No, you you were freezing really bad. Oh, am I still freezing? No, you good. Okay, sorry. Um, well, there I go again. Let me switch over. You continue, and I'll go on about. I'll just try to get off this uh, my internet here and try to go off my uh, data. Okay. So, Brian, what do you like about this film? I like the mysterious of the mystery man as I called him when I first saw it. Didn't know anything, didn't know anything about him, didn't know who he was, what was he about, um but he knew all the secrets of the town. Knew everything about everybody. The thing I didn't like was him going after the kids? I didn't. I did. It's to me, it seemed like a pedophile. Yeah, that's the thing I did not like about it. Um, of course I enjoyed it being filmed up north because that's where my father's from, from the Massachusetts Connecticut Connecticut area. Um, and I enjoyed it. I've watched it probably. And as much as I said earlier, I don't like horror movies. I've seen it about three or four times, and do not have a problem sitting through the entire thing. And See, I enjoyed the star of the of the film, and that was Tim Daly from, of course, Wings. Wings, a great so, show, I, I might add. Ah, uh, this movie was definitely really great. Uh, I love the character of Mister Linos. Um, I also loved how. I love Tim's performance in this 
and watching him and Wang and then seeing him go into this was really great. It really was. It was a different role. And seeing how he took his time to get into the character the best way he, he could. And seeing how Mr. Linos just came right in and took everything over and just swept the rug from underneath Tim's feet and controlling everybody and pretty much by the end really just finally taking full control. You know, you see throughout that time, you see how bad this storm is getting. You see trees being being uh, falling down, uh, electricity going out, that eerie feeling whenever the camera is focused on him. So that was great in that aspect because a dark stormy night, really bad snowstorm. Something like that happens in New England for the most part, you know? And when it does, it gives that creepy factor to it. And it's so, it's so amusing because, especially with the right aesthetics and the right, the right tone, you know? And that movie had everything. Movie had the right lighting for certain, for certain spots. Now, when you saw Mr. Linos in the, in the chair, and you see see him turn around like that. You see half his face. It's it's amazing because you see you do see him, but not so much. You're only given a certain amount, and that's what I loved about it. The end definitely got to me. You know, seeing how I don't really want to spoil it, but I'm sure a lot of people here obviously seen it besides us, but. Seeing the end with how Tim handled the fact that he possibly, that he seen his son. And seeing the fact that he ran down to get his son and his son with the vampire teeth. That was freaking heartbreaking, man. And knowing that the town turned, his, turned their back on him made it even worse. Um, so I do apologize about the... I hopefully there's not too much noise in the back. Um, I do have family out there, so hopefully it's not too loud. Um, yeah, about the technical difficulties. So I'm not on my internet no more. So I'm on my uh, my. So uh, would phone. you like to continue your thought on lights about this? Um, what I liked about it was like, I what I didn't understand. See, I don't know how to describe them if. I wouldn't describe him as a vampire. Um, I feel like that would be the best way to describe him. To yeah. it's, it's give give people the thought of what he is because it's yeah. not really it's not really known. Yeah. You know, and if I don't remember them ever saying what he is. Um well what I liked about it is he was able to uh, control people, even being in the cell. Um, you know, people not knowing what was going on, stuff like that. It it kept you interested. All right, so this is the one good thing about the movie, I want to say, is that you'll watch it, and you're going to want to watch the next part just because you want it. To, the story, it was a very story-driven movie. Yes. Yes, it so, is. Um, 
Uh, what I disliked about it, um, God, yeah, I like story-driven movies. I, I just, I do. I like. Uh, I think if they did an updated one, I think it would be pretty good. Uh, like now, you know, nowadays. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't really give you too much that I disliked about it. I enjoyed the movie; it was pretty good. I will say this: I feel that uh, for the story that we got, I think we got a decent time out of it. Uh, it's four hours long, and if anyone is, if anyone here like us are familiar with Stephen King, we know his work is pretty damn big. You know, his books are like are like that almost. You know, so it's it's expected. So there, it's there are adaptations where it's like, all right, this movie's only two hours. But for the most part, there's a lot of adaptations where, that I've seen where it's like three hours, four hours, six hours. You know, this movie and, was two hours and fifty-seven minutes. Two hours and fifty-seven minutes. Thank you, thank you. Then oh, I right. wait. Oh, I'm just not because there's oh three parts. Okay. I got it for two hours, four hours, six hours. Okay, all right. So you're wondering what he's not a vampire. He's a four thousand year old wizard who carries a cane with a silver wolf head. At least that gives us something. Okay. Thank I, you. I, I figured you wanted to be accurate with it, so I was just trying to give you some accuracy. Thank you. Thank you. That that yeah. definitely helped out. So, alright, quick uh, rating. What do you what do you give this movie? Before we right? go, before we go to that, this is not the first time one of his books has taken place in this in this exact kind of town. Dolores Claiborne is another another movie that took place in the very similar same town. Okay, and it was a. Uh, a small town in northeast Maine is where yeah. the basis of it was filmed at. And my rating, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I like that. Mike? And no other reason to give it a 10 out of 10? I will say... Like, like it seemed like a pedophile. Yeah. I give it... See, I enjoyed, um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing the blank of the other movie we were just talking about, The Shining, the show, the series, better. Um, so, yeah, I know, but I'm saying I like that one more than this one, so I'm going to have to give this about a seven. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. all right, enough. I'll tell you this, like I said, I love the aesthetics about it. I love how dark it is <laughs> and how gritty it is, especially with the certain scenes, how, how well lit and how dim lit they are. I'm giving this a 10 out of 10, honestly. I yeah. I really, truly enjoyed this for what it was. It was very fun. The ending, for me personally, wasn't expecting that. Um so it was actually it was actually an enjoyable movie where 
it was just it, it was a great ride to to go along with. And, and uh, remember in the movie that uh, uh, after the kid was taken, they actually think they got a divorce or they separated. He moved to the city while yeah. she was yeah. Damn, Bram. He moved to uh, I think it was what New York, New York City. Yeah, they, they, they would come back once a year to the island to. You to know. do the like paid tribute to yeah. that, I like that's where was... that's where his grave was pretty much. Agreed. Now for the for the main event, the stand. Now before we get into this, I just want to say, so. I I do got a bad memory, but with this movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my damnedest because I've literally sat down and watched this movie for one straight up year. I swear to God, a straight up year I've watched this movie for, and the story of it. For you, I'll tell you right now, I did finish it. Thank you. All yeah. right, perfect. <laughs> All right. So, with this movie. The story was fantastic. We had some of the, some of the best upcoming actors of the time. We had Rob Lowe, Molly Ringwald, Gary Sinise, um, um, Kathy Bates is in this. Um, oh, man, uh, Ed Harris is in this, among others. There's a lot of actors in this. So it takes place. And oh my god, draw to Blake. Sorry, I'm I'm like really amped up for this, so I'm trying to remember. But it takes it it's it's about a it's about a chemical, it's about a disease that pretty much ends the world. So we start off with a um, with a uh, military base for families and. The, the buzzer ends up going off and it's causing a leak. So what happens is the guy on duty is supposed to close the gate for shutdown. He ends up getting his family and leaves the compound. Going halfway, halfway around the country and in, in Arkansas, I believe it is, where he and his family eventually dies. From the from the virus, and this virus is called Captain Trips, and this is what essentially wipes out the world. And so it it's it starts off with the virus, but then it ends off with a battle of good versus evil. You got you got some people on one side trying to protect the rest of the world, where evil is trying to take take down the rest of the world. Your normal story, good guy versus bad guy. We've seen it all before, but this movie, let me tell you, is fantastic. It's it's a six hour mini series. It's not a movie. It's a mini series. So, with that said, Brian, let me ask you, yeah. favorite thing and least favorite thing about this uh, mini series. <sighs> least, I'll, I can tell you what the least favorite thing was sitting through uh, six hours and 40 minutes of a film. Um, 
Favorite thing was the good versus the evil. It's something I always enjoy. And I know that sounds sick. I'm, I mean, I am a little sick in the head at times. But that's what I enjoyed most about the movie. And the cast in the, of the movie. You know, it has some big time actors. One of my favorites in Gary Sinise. He's I'm awesome. A, Let me tell you. Mr. Mr. Lieutenant Diane. Through Redmond now, and let me tell you, he was he was great for this for this movie. A lot of them were. A lot of these actors, they they picked a great cast. They did. I've the one thing I liked. So I read the book to this movie. What? Many, you read, I read the book? book? Yes, I did. I read the book. Read a book. Yes, I this. Yes, <laughs> I did. Let me tell you. This book now here's a fun fact: what not a lot of people know is that if they took the book word for word, made it into the movie itself, it would be a 35-hour movie. Now that's freaking crazy. But let me tell you, the greatest thing about the book is that we go even more into detail with each character. You know, that's one thing is Stephen King likes to give. A lot of attention to his characters and it's Very done right overwhelming or anything like that so it's really great whereas the miniseries gave us enough of each character but it wasn't over drowning like the like the uh, last year one that came back out in in the episode form um I really, truly loved the set design, seeing how, especially New York, seeing New York going down like that with how the people were looting and going around crazy, not knowing what to do. And then you got to see Vegas in the film. You got to see little small towns, which was really great. It did so much for this there was so much to see but from my opinion at least it didn't feel like it was over over saturated but with that said mike let's hear your thoughts and right, um, you brought it up uh, about like seeing how like everything t took place with like uh a disease and then looting and all that stuff. We kind of lived in, in a way, with everything that was going on uh, the last couple years. So pretty much, in a way, it was like that. Um, see, I wasn't understanding it. It took me a while to get through it. Um, I did. Uh, but then you find out it was pretty much, in a way, Satan going on and all that stuff. That's why I take it as is with Satan and you had the hand of God and all that stuff. Um, it was an interesting movie. If you can sit through it, I would say take breaks. Um, but it was all over the place. You know, they're telling, in a way, multiple stories. Um, there was like at least, what, five, six, maybe... I don't know how many people in there they're just they're adding to it. So it was really hard to pay attention to. Um, 
But if you can sit through it, uh, my advice is watch for an hour and a half, take a break, go back to it, take a break. Kind of like if you would watch a movie where they say part one and they would say part two, you have that break. That's what I would recommend. You take a small break in between it, don't watch it straight through. With this, uh, with this, film, I I feel like well, I feel like that that is needed for this because there's so much that not only even if you do watch it straight through, right? You might want to start thinking like, all right, let me take a ten minute break so I can get everything through. Give me some intermission time, and let me paste everything together so I can slowly understand it. What you could do is always watch. The first two parts this night, the rest the next night. But it's just one of those stories that what I love about it is that it's something that can and has happened. We've seen this, we've seen it before. Every hundred years we have we have a disease coming out. And when COVID came out, everybody was comparing Captain Trips to to COVID. Stephen King had to come out with a statement saying, yo, stop comparing Captain Trips and COVID. They are not the same thing. First yes. off, everybody, tell, let me get over here, you guys. Captain Trips was a very bad disease. It wiped out the world. Yeah, yeah. COVID is that too, but it's not wiping out the entire world. It's wiping out a certain age group, you know, that is the higher risk right there. So it's not the whole world. You know, if it was, then, then yeah, I would definitely be saying, yeah, we are definitely in the midst of Captain Trips. But Captain Trips does not exist, apparently. Yeah, don't, don't, don't give, don't, don't you give out any ideas, Twitch. Chat, nobody give out any ideas. Alright. Big brother, if you're listening, I see you. Don't 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 don't. I, I swear to God, if I see some shit in the next few months, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. This is a little brother talking here. Now with all that aside, yeah buddy. <laughs> what did you think? Of the character known as Randall Flag. Let's go with. Don't start with me. Keep. Brian will be last. <laughs> so you can go. All right. Um. Once again, it was really hard for me to watch it. Can you remind me who that was again? Randall Flag is the main protagonist. He's he's the main the, villain. The, of the, the, the long hair and the jean jacket. Okay. Yes. Oh, I, 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 I don't know, man. It was just, uh, it was kind of weird when he would get mad, he turned into that demon, and then, like, and then he, he would be like, he forgot what he did when he threw that drink, all that stuff. He was all like, oh, he was like, yeah, it's all over the wall. Um, I, it it was more of a it was more of a um, 
what you call it, like a threat. It's like, oh, don't forget who I am. Yeah. You know. Um. Just. You know, I am who I am. So that's a re- that was a reminder. Yeah. Of. So that's what I think that was more for, honestly. And um, just want to let everybody know if you guys do want to watch that movie, it is on YouTube. You guys are you guys can do that and. They actually came out with a new one in 2021. On Paramount Plus. It's on Paramount Plus, so I'm going to be checking that out. I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to say something real quick. Now, the Rainbow Flag character for the, for the, for the miniseries, for the 90s one, was really great. I thought he did a great job, and it kind of... Um, it was it was just entertaining. I really don't have nothing bad to say about Jamie Sheridan. That's that's the guy who plays him. Jamie Sheridan plays Randall Flag for the '90s version of The Stand. Now, when you go over to the new one, that's uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård's brother, the one that played Pennywise in the new It movie. Alexander was fantastic. He was so menacing and. If you watch that and pay attention to him, you see that slow, evil pace walk where, and and then the camera pans up to his face, you see that look in his eyes, you know that he means business. He's not there trying to mess around. He wants, he wants what he wants, he knows what he wants, and he's going to get what he wants. Whereas, the movie, uh, the miniseries actually, it was, he knows what he wants. He's going to get what he wants. He's, he's going to try to do it all on a different level. That's why when you see him shapeshift back into that demon side, that's where the reminder comes in. It's like, this is who I am. Whereas, yeah, so that's, that, that right there is what I really wanted to touch on when it came to Randall Flagg. And if you notice, Randall Flagg has different faces. In the Stephen King verse, uh, Randall Flagg is also known as the Man in Black in the movie The uh, The Towers. Uh, I I forget what that movie was called, but it came out with Idris Elba back in eighteen. I believe Dark it was. Dark Tower. Dark Tower. Thank you. Dark Matthew Tower. McConaughey is in it too. Yes. No. Matthew McConaughey played Randall Flagg. He played a ver. Let me rephrase that. He played a version of Randall Flagg. The Man in Black is that also known as uh, Randall Flagg. Also, so what did you guys think? Did you did did you guys just so happen to Brian? You didn't watch the one on Paramount Plus, did you? I've never watched the one on Paramount Plus. I haven't either, but I'm gonna check it out. It's it's good. Uh, just, if you got a weak stomach, be careful. Uh, well, that's not good for me. Because, yeah, then, Brian, stay away from that. Trust me. Ross, take, please take my word for it. If you don't ever take my word for anything else, fine. Take my word for this. Trust me. I watched this movie, bro, and I couldn't eat for a week. That's how gross it was. And I, I I like gross shit, but this, just the thought of it makes me want to puke because it was so disgusting. The grossness was amped up for this. Again, the one 
the miniseries that was made for TV, so they really couldn't do so much. That's that's why that was filmed the way it was, and that's why, even though we're going off topic, that's why the '90s version of Penny of of it was made the way it was, because it was made for TV. So they really couldn't do much at that time. But but these movies are also proof that you don't really need to show a lot to have a great product out there, and they've proven that. It still stands the test of time. One of the best movies. One of the best miniseries. Fantastic movie, miniseries, I don't care. It's, it's, it's a movie. I'm going to call it a movie. It's Whatever. a movie. But the, the, the uh, one thing I do want to touch up on is the, uh, the, the new version of it was more there there was more blood the the death scenes were and were on screen for the most part and uh it was it was fun i felt that they took pennywise for the new age and gave it even more respect you know no one can no one can outdo tim curry We're talking about it right now, right? Right now, yes. Now, now we're done with those four topics. So now we're just we're gonna touch up on a little more of Stephen King. Okay. So now, for for the it nineties to now, uh, the one from nowadays paid more respect, paid respect to Tim Curry, and. Gave it a newer look for a newer generation of new fans. People that grew up in the 80s and 90s that grew up watching that, they love it for what it is. Fans nowadays might not. But that's cool because now they got their version of Pennywise. Which actually brings me back to my brings me to my next point. 2024. We got a new movie called Welcome to Derry. This the prequel. This is gonna touch up on Pennywise himself, so I'm really excited to see to see the origin story. This is freaking awesome. There, uh, check out the trailer; it's on YouTube. There is one Stephen King movie I really, really, really hope they do. They they did it, and they're doing a lot of these other movies. I really want to see an updated Christine movie. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I, the classic is a classic. Not they could. Movie. You know what? I got a. I got an idea. Let me ask you this. Honestly, I'm I a think Tesla. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Seriously, you could. <laughs> it would Sorry. be perfect. It really would be. Yeah. It would be smart because it's for a new age, and yeah. the new age is Tesla. That is the most new stuff nowadays. That is where you go about it. Is getting the Tesla, that being Christine somehow. I don't know how they could do it, but it's it's capable of. And a Tesla into something like that. But for the new age, like I, for instance, look at look at the Child's Play movie, Mm -hmm. and then the in the the Child's Play movie from 2019. It was Chucky for a new age. 
and it was through electronics. I think it could be done with Christine, if done proper with the right people behind the stage, doing I, all the all the producing and all that. I believe that Chucky movie that came out, the Charles Play, Charles Play movie, would have been so much better if it was Charles Lee Ray in it, being able to control all that stuff. That would have been good. I mean, it was good the way it was, but. Just, you know, the psychopathic killer and a doll that can access the internet and control whatever. Yeah. I mean, dude. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. How do you feel about, have you seen, um, oh, what is it? It's another, another great Stephen King movie. One of my favorites. Actually, it's not a lot of people might say it's great. I will. I'll be more than happy to say it's great. Is uh, riding the bullet? Riding the bullet. I think I'm pretty sure me and you talked about this movie off and on a while ago. I believe, but basically about this kid, he an artist, and uh, this it's back in uh, the backdrop is 1969, and Uh, he gets it. Was it 2004? Yeah, but the backdrop is like uh sixty-nine. Okay. So um it, it he it's it involves this kid, he's kind of like doesn't really care about his life. Uh I'm trying to use a political correct term, but suicidal. Let's say that. That I guess so. Um and his girlfriend is trying to help him along through life, trying to give him a reason why to continue to keep pushing no matter what. And he just, he gets, he gets these thoughts in his head where it's, oh man, I'm trying to get into it, but it's just, you guys got to check it out right in the bullet. That's also odd. I'm adding it to my list as we speak. Thank you. Uh, Mike, would you like to give a quick, quick, Description of riding the bullet, if you have it up. Uh, yeah, give me a sec here. Riding the bullet. Uh, is a 2004 horror film written by co-producer. Um, it's not really giving me the riding the bullet. Riding the bullet is a horror story. American writers, Stephen King. Is Mark King's debut, and and it's not really giving me a description of it. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. Or ever, oh wait, here. Ever since his father passed passed away, uh, art student Alan Parker uh, has been hypnotized by thoughts of death after his girlfriend Jessica breaks up with him. Alan attempts unaliving. Uh, or if I, oh, I'm not on that other app. Suicide. Uh. But is uh, rescued by his friend. The next day, he learns that his mother has just uh, had a serious stroke. You know, it pretty much all says. Check it out, guys! It's on YouTube. It's it's a great movie. It really is. 
<laughs> it's it's also free on Vudu. It's uh, I can actually uh, bring that up right now where you can watch it at. You can watch it on Tubi, Redbox, uh, Vudu, uh, Plex for free. Uh, YouTube three ninety nine and Pluto TV. So there's um, Mike. Um, yeah. Just real quick. Before we, I want I want you to pick one or two Stephen King movies that you've watched that you want to get out there that you may think not a lot of people know of. So if you can, you, you're more than welcome to do that. Brian, you're more than welcome to do the same. Um, if there's a Stephen King movie out there that you like that you want to give a shout out to, you're more than welcome to do that. So. Mike, if you want, you can go first while Brian looks it up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of them right now. It is always going to be a cult classic. Uh, Carrie's always going to be a cult classic. Um, but uh, there, there's a lot. Uh, Secret Window was a really good movie. Um, and then there's, a, a, I believe, was Cujo one of his two? Yep. Yes. Uh, Cujo. Uh, yep, there it is. Cujo. Uh, and, well, all, all in all, I'll tell you that my two favorite, my three favorite Stephen King movies, Christine, It, and Stand By Me. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, Brian, what about for you? Uh, actually, it's not even a movie. It's actually a TV show. It, it was done as a movie first, and then it was done as a TV show with Anthony and Michael Hall from The Breathless Club, and it's called The Dead Zone. It was on the USA Network for about, I want to say, anywhere between six and seven years. I'm not positive. Uh, seven years, I believe it was. But that would be mine. Now, do you got a... You got another show or movie that you that you enjoyed that that you want to give out? Um, no, I don't. Uh, no. Wait. Um, was Green Mile by Stephen King? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not know that. That's probably number one. Number one is uh the Green Mile. Number two would be Stand By Me. I would have to do Green Mile mainly because of uh, the movie itself is great, but Michael Clark Duncan was Maybe fantastic. That was a fantastic movie. So, guys, for me, my my three picks would be obviously The Stand, hands down. Uh, Misery is another another great one that you guys got to check out. And for number three, you know what? Let's do number three. I want to give you guys one that I don't think a lot of people would know. And that would be, um, oh, my God, I'm trying to remember. Are you thinking about Stephen King movies right now? Desperation is what it's called. Desperation is what it's called. I mean, let me tell you, Stephen King, Stephen King has been one of the greatest authors of our time. 
he has given us some of the best work ever. And we got some of the best and worst adaptations from other people. And the attention to detail for a lot of these movies or miniseries have been good, have been bad. The cast, maybe not so right for a lot of, lot of them. But the thing is, you do see a lot of love and attention that a lot of these people give to the adaptation for, for Stephen King's books. And yes, I know the books may be better than movies for the most part. Give a chance to the adaptations. Some of the ones that we've got to talk about have been great and deserve that love and attention at least once. I know I know with Stephen King when it comes to adaptations, the films or miniseries are way too long. I get that. I understand that. Try it out. Watch the story. The stories are truly amazing and they're beautiful. And with that said, with that said, Mike, where can people find you? What can people find you on? Oh, yeah, you can find me on TikTok, uh, All Wrestling for Life, or also uh, Shady09MN on TikTok. Brian Loves Moonshine on TikTok. And you can find me, Occam Prince, on TikTok, and MJK92113. Stay tuned to that specific profile because I got a few videos coming up. Until next time, stay awesome. Stay the best. But don't stay better than me because I'm number one. I'm the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. I'm number one. I love you guys. Thank you guys for joining. You guys are awesome, but remember, I am the prince of TikTok, Occam Prince, saying good night, peace, love, yeah, body. Woo!